in times like these, our minds turn towards the coming of the Lord. We often ponder if we are living through the start of the prophesied chastisement from heaven. Perhaps we are, or perhaps we are still heading towards those days. But no greater approved mystic of the church has spoken of these days and what is surely coming than Marie Julie Jehenny. I presented her warnings about the war against the church recently. If you haven't seen or listened to that podcast, I do recommend that you do. Today we dive into the period leading to the three days of darkness, and the three days itself. This podcast and this channel in generally is made possible by the generosity of those who support it through the various means listed in the description of this podcast or through clicking the join button, especially in these uncertain days. Their generosity is greatly appreciated. Now on to the warning, which has been approved by the church. The days leading to the three days of darkness were foretold to Marie-Julie Jehenny by our Lord in 1884, who describes to her a great period where the faith is scandalized and not taken with the great gravity it deserves, and the warnings from heaven given by Our Lady have not been taken seriously. This is in 1884, 33 years before Fatima, the same year that the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel was promulgated, the same year that Pope Leo XIII had his vision of the rise of Satan. But shortly after the warnings at La Salette were given, and over two centuries since the warnings in Quito, Ecuador, that clearly described our times. In April of 1884, our Lord tells Marie-Julie Jehenny of this great period of scandalous priests. See if these words sound familiar to you. Quote, I have done everything for my people. I sent my mother on earth. Very few believed in her words. My voice was heard everywhere through the victims I myself had chosen and on whom I worked marvels and prodigies. They were despised and persecuted. In this time, the apostasy will be led by the clergy, who will lead many souls to hell. Does this sound familiar? From the diaries of Marie-Julie Jehenny, quote, Priests will separate themselves from the voice of authority in greater numbers. A scandalous freedom of disunion, of levity, will spread in all the dioceses of France. Later, our Lord showed her the magnitude of the apostasy. Quote, the number of the apostasies at the time of the fatal event, it will be the ministers of God who will be the first to begin. Not all of them. This punishment will open the heavens and the God of vengeance will appear with a display of justice. Never had I seen from so close to the anger of God. End quote. She describes the profanation of the Eucharist, where it will be cast down and thrown as if in the mud. Many observers frequently cite reception of the Eucharist in the hand by the faithful as one of the profanations Mary Julie Jehenny saw in her day. The abuse of the priests was so terrible that she said she would rather be imprisoned than repeat what she saw. Even at the very hour of the chastisement, the most wicked of the priests would lead the flock in profaning our Lord's name. She says that those who govern the flock will be responsible for the coming crisis. She speaks of the triumph of communism globally, which we can see even now, and that triumph would not have happened if the church had remained faithful, if it had not ignored heaven and followed the warnings given by Our Lady. She mentions the growing freedom enjoined by priests and bishops and how badly they will abuse that freedom that they have been given. She mentions a pope who, at the last moment, will reverse his policies and make a solemn appeal to the clergy to obey the law of God. But that pope will not be obeyed. On the contrary, 
an assembly of bishops will demand even greater freedom, declaring that they will no longer obey the Pope. Marie-Julie then goes on to say that the Red Revolution will then break out. She speaks of a horrible religion, which is to replace the Catholic faith, and she sees many, many bishops embracing the sacrilegious, infamous religion. She relates many more events, which would fill a whole book, civil wars and revolutions everywhere. What does this time look like? From her writings, quote, The bad Christians will not be content with losing their own souls. They will endeavor to take other souls off guard, and by every possible means they will try to make them sin against everything that is a Christian duty. Soon, at the appointed time, no religious house in France shall remain standing. Not a cloister shall escape the tyrants of that time. There will be a large number of massacres from the center, meaning Paris, to Lyons, from Lyons to the south and even to the border of Brittany, which is still Catholic, but no longer as much as formerly. The degeneration of faith is taking place everywhere. End quote. And what does this degeneration of the faith lead to? Violence, disasters, and plagues. Quote, because of these massacres, during the cold months, the earth will turn into a deluge of blood, as in the time of Noah, when it was a deluge of water. All those who are not in the ark of salvation, which my heart is, shall perish, as in the time of the great flood. I shall make the choice myself. I shall cause the real comforter of my people and of the church to be nominated. It is he who will build again my temples destroyed by fire and the violence of a grave civil war, which, however, will soon be over. I cannot call this war, to which France will be subjected, other than a civil war. Great plagues and calamities that nothing will be able to stop or lessen will rise over France. An immense death toll, never seen before by anyone, and scourges, hitherto unknown, will break over France. The scourge of this death toll will strike the center especially. It will strike even your own parish, my children, but fear not, for my heart will be the abode that will protect you. My children, those who have been waging war against me for more than sixty years, a war that has been intensified over the last eleven years, will not be affected by this plague, but I shall deal with them in a different way, yet just as wrathful. End quote. When our Lord speaks to her about the center, he is speaking of France, the once great Catholic nation, now afflicted by the worst scourge of all, Masonic atheism, which had arisen in France with a vengeance in the previous 60 years, and especially since the, uh, the fall of Napoleon III. This violence and series of unknown calamities will precede a warning given from heaven, quoting the words of our Lord given to Marie Julie Jehenny, quote, the day will be just beginning. It will not be in the peak of summer, nor during the longer days, but still short. It will not be at the end of the year, but during the first months that I shall clearly give my warning. End quote. It is thought to mean that this warning will happen in the late winter, before the days become longer than the night. Our Lord continues, quote, I shall give my clear warning in the early morning, at a time of the year when the days are still short, not during the longer days of the summer months, nor will it be given in December, but in the early months of the year. That day of darkness and lightning will be the first that I shall send to convert the impious, and to see if a large number will come back to me before the great storm that will soon follow. That day my children will not reach the whole of France, but part of Brittany will be tried. The area where it is to be found the land of the mother of my Immaculate Mother 
shall not be obscured by the darkness to come, which will come to you and beyond towards the rising sun. Clearly, there are places on the earth where the faith will persist, even in the times of the apostasy that lead to the three days of darkness. Our Lord here speaks of Brittany, and Sister Lucia of Fatima speaks of Portugal in the same manner. Given the state of the clergy in Portugal, it is to be understood that the faithful will keep the dogma of the faith alive in spite of bad clergy, but largely the, f the earth will be a desert of the faith in those days, with pockets of resistance to the growing spiritual darkness. While we worry about the three days of darkness, we already live in an age of spiritual darkness that costs countless souls, and it is through our own tolerance that this darkness persists, enabled by the failure of our leaders to teach the truth and to defend the faith. This age of sin and death leads to the just punishment, the three days of darkness. On this, our Lord says to Marie-Julie Jehenny, quote, There will be three days of physical darkness. For three days, less one night, there will be a continual night. The blessed wax candles will be the only ones that give light in this terrible darkness. Only one will suffice for three days, but in the homes of the wicked they will not give any light. During these three days and two nights, the demons will appear under the most hideous forms. You will hear in the air the most horrible blasphemies. The lightning will enter your homes, but will not extinguish the candles. Neither wind nor the storm can put them out. Red clouds like blood will ride across the sky. The crash of thunder will shake the earth. Sinister lightning will cut across the dense clouds, in a season when they never occur. The earth will be shaken down to the foundations. The sea will rise thundering waves that will spread across the continent. Blood will flow in such abundance that the earth will become a vast cemetery. The corpses of the wicked and the righteous ones will litter the ground. The famine will be great. Everything will be in turmoil, and three-quarters of men will perish. The crisis will break out suddenly. The chastisements will be common in the world to swell up and will succeed, one another ceaselessly. When my people have fallen into indifference, I have begun to threaten him. Today, it deserves my justice. I came on earth. They want me out. They take away my holy tabernacle, reversing my cross and ignoring my power. To this, Marie-Julie Jehenny replies, O Lord, have mercy. And our Lord replies, Yes, I will pity the good people, but the others I will swallow. The earth will open, and they will disappear forever. End quote. The candles he speaks of are widely believed to be the candles blessed at the Candle Mass, which on the traditional calendar is in early February. If this feast is placed on the calendar in such a time that it comes shortly before the arrival of the three days of darkness, it may be understood to be the last moment of preparation for the faithful, and the Candle Mass is not celebrated in the Novus Ordo. Take that to mean what you will. But what else can the faithful do to prepare for this event? On the 23rd of August, 1878, our Lord gave the answer to Marie-Julie Jehenny, the purple scapular of protection. This final quote is taken from her diary, and I'm going to read it to you verbatim. Quote, This is what the Holy Virgin shows me on her immaculate heart. It is a large scapular, larger than ordinary scapulars. It is a little larger than the palm of the hand. It is a pretty violet, nearly the color of a violet. Here's what it says on the top. In the middle are the three nails which crucified our Lord on the cross. They are placed above each other, not quite in the shape of the cross. And on the point of each nail there is a drop of purple blood. Above the heads of the nails there is a kind of large sponge which has pieces of bark that stands out. 
it is a little like bales of oats. The three drops of blood join to fall into a small chalice painted red, and the chalice is surrounded by a crown of thorns. There are three little crosses engraved on the front of the chalice. That is the side of the scapular which is on the middle cloak of the Holy Virgin. I notice that this scapular is held with two violet ties which go over each shoulder. There are three knots on the left shoulder and two on the right. The other side of the scapular represents the Holy Virgin Mary sitting, holding her adorable son in her arms. The mouth and the head of our Lord rest on the heart of the Holy Virgin. At the bottom of the scapular, and nearly at the feet of our Lord, is an angel dressed in white, with curly hair. He has on his head a white crown. His belt is red. He holds in his hands a white cloth with which he wipes the feet of our Lord. Next to the angel, on the right side of the scapular, there is an engraved ladder. Behind our Lord, on the left, is the reed of the passion painted red, but there is no sponge. The tears of the Holy Virgin flow onto her breast, to the right, and fall to the feet of the angel. The scapular is edged with a red band, and the cords are made of wool. Let me, know, let me now, my dear child, the Virgin Mary said to me, give you the explanation of the scapular. I am addressing you, my victim and my servant. My children of the cross, for a long time my son and I have wished to make known this scapular of benediction. This scapular, my children, is modeled on my heart, because my heart is the emblem of simplicity and humility, which explains the color of violet. The nails which have pierced the feet and the hands of my son are barely venerated and are venerable. That is why my son, in his divine wisdom, has had three nails painted on the front of the scapular. Those three drops of blood and the chalice represent the generous hearts gathering the blood of my divine son. The red sponge will represent my divine son drinking, in a certain sense, the sins of his children, but which his adorable mouth refuses. I wish that the background, usually black of the scapular, should be violet, but I wish that the nails, the chalice, the sponge, and the crown should be on a dark red piece of flannel. This first appearance of this scapular will be a new protection for the times of the chastisements, the calamities, and the famines. All those who will wear it will be able to go through the storms, tempests, and darkness. They will have light as in a broad daylight. Such is the power of this unknown scapular. The Holy Virgin presents the scapular to our Lord, who in his turn says, I address you, my victim, and also my victims and my servant, my children of the cross. I wish to, and I come to, give you an idea and a deep thought. When taking me down from the cross, I was given to my mother. That descent, that thought, that devotion is little known. I wish that by the reproduction of the scapular, it should enter the hearts of my children of the cross, and that they hail me by these three greetings, the crux ave. I hail thee, Jesus crucified, to let me live. I hail thee with all the joy of the angels and of the saints on bringing thee down from the cross. I hail thee with all the sorrow of thy mother when thou rested on her immaculate heart and on her lap. My children, very few souls think of wiping the adorable wounds on my feet when the blood flows, and I wish this representation to be known. Little thought is also given to the tears shed by my mother during, her, during my passion. Those tears are at the feet of the angel who wipes my sacred feet. By this scapular, I wish you to think about that ladder, that reed, and those nails of my passion. My children, any soul, any person who will possess this scapular will see his family protected. His house will also be protected, firstly from conflagrations, which will never penetrate it, 
This scapular will crush the ungrateful who will blaspheme my name in the house where it will be exposed. If an impious enters, he will be so struck that his, converse, his conversion will occur. All those who will wear it will be protected from thunder, sudden death, and accidents. During the chastisements, they will be protected. Whoever places it in the holy temple will drive out the impious and the profanations. Our Lord also adds that by reminding an obstinate soul about this scapular at the time of death, it will reawaken in it faith and conviction that all those who will think about it and love it will be spared the pains of the soul, that those who will wear it will be sheltered from all danger as if they possessed heaven. And finally, that this scapular will be like a lightning conductor beneath the blows of the just divine anger will not strike. Our Lord also says, Any priest will be able to bless the scapular. You, my victim, will be able to make the model. While wearing the scapular, the crux ave may be said five or seven times and meditate for one to three minutes on my passion. I will grant great graces to those who will wish to wear this holy habit. End quote. And there you have it. The three days of darkness and, and the protection against it for you and for your family. If you can find one, wear a purple, purple scapular blessed by a traditional priest and make sure to have blessed candles in your home should that day arrive in our lifetimes. Or perhaps make one. The directions to do so are clearly outlined here. That is all I have for this topic. In a longer podcast than normal, as you can tell. If you made it through to the end, I thank you for listening. Please pray for the Church and for the bishops and the Pope to exert true leadership at this time. There is one other remedy that they could themselves do, which is the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which has not been done to the instructions given at Fatima. Pray that it may be done soon. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.